0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap for Friday the 9th of December 2022. I am Stephen Scott. Sean Priest will be along shortly. We're going into your feedback and we're talking today about open AI chatbots. No, I have no
1: idea either. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey
0: everybody, happy Friday, hey double tapping, double tapping at Christmas
2: Sean Priest, how are you? <laughs> I was fine, I'm not sure why. I am now What was that, was that a Christmas carol or were you just rapping? It was very good I got, an ad well, on, I got an ad on my
0: Facebook feed the other day for Billy Crystal in Mr. Saturday Night And I'm just thinking, we should yeah. do Double Tap
2: the Musical I, I don't know what that is, Mr. Saturday Night uh, Okay well I don't know what it is either but you know what it, it sounds like it's a musical doesn't it
0: no I mean no, something no, called so. Mr. Saturday Night it doesn't it sound like a horror anything. film okay
2: alright and Billy okay. Crystal's in it and it's on Broadway I mean what else do you want to know oh then it's definitely a musical you're quite right okay let's work on that we'll we'll get that done for Christmas I think we could get Kelly into this Kelly McDonald would be brilliant because oh, Kelly would be a, the best director in the world he'd probably want to play all the parts but oh, that's he's a okay. performer exactly no, he's, a uh, fantastic, yes. A true professional. Hello, Kelly. And co. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 Kelly and co. I like how you do it. You're so inclusive, aren't you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, what a guy. Honestly, pathetic. <sighs> anyway, happy Friday, everybody. Um, we're going to dive right into your uh, feedback today. But just ahead of that, just to tell you, coming up, we're going to be joined by JJ Meadow. He is uh, a great guy who he's part of the Blind Guy uh, what is it called? Blind Bargains Podcast? Blind Bargains, the AT guys. <laughs> the AT guys. Okay, I'll, I'll get them all mixed up. The Blind AT the, guys. You know, you, you'll find them. Just Google it. Yes. But honestly, it is brilliant because he does a fantastic podcast. Uh, they have the AT guys. They have the store where you can buy lots of great stuff. That's actually one of the few places you can get the Orbit writer at the minute if you want to get your hands on one of those. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're checking out. We'll, we'll talk all about that with J.J. And uh, we're going to be talking specifically today about this OpenAI chatbot. And the reason I bring it up is because I had no idea what this thing was. And I saw a lot of people talking about it in the tech news. But then I started seeing a lot of blind people talking about it. And that makes me interested. Because as soon as I see blind people talking about it, I think, OK, at least we can use it. Um, yes. You know, as, as long as the line is, oh, have you heard about this chat thing? It's rubbish. Uh, then obviously that's not any use. But it is. It is apparently very good. And, and really, how do we describe this to people? Because I always try and find ways to explain these things to people who don't get it. In other words, me. And hmm. I really don't understand this. It's like, a, you know, we've all, I guess, seen these chatbots. You go onto our website and it says, hi, how can I help you? And you say, could you help me do X, Y, and Z? And it says, I have no idea what you're talking about. Passing you to a manager. Um is that that's a chatbot, right?
2: Yeah. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> what we've been used to so far. And, and you know, not even that. The chatbots that we've been using are trying to... Act like a human and have a conversation, uh, and they haven't been that great. But this is something else. According to everything that I've read, and we're talking about millions and millions of people have tried this out in, you know, seven days or something. It's absolutely, it's meant to be amazing and so powerful. Yeah, yeah, and it's free at the moment, which I think is why
0: people are interested in it and they get a chance to play with this. But you know, as we'll hear from JJ later, he's going to talk a little bit about this and that. You know, ultimately, this is something which is probably not going to remain free forever because it's probably going to become part of a service. This is the kind of thing that's building, I guess, towards a more artificially intelligent customer service platform, for example. So, you know, uh, the fact that this thing is able to consume information, learn from it, and then spit back out a whole range of, you know, like you could say, feed it a manual or feed it information about something or a transcript of the show or whatever, and you could do that, and it would then be able to give you a synopsis of it or whatever. It's just incredible the kind of things you can do with it. You were saying you can even code with it, or you could, you can get code. So if I wanted to do something or, you know, like maybe run an automation script on my Mac and I wasn't sure how to build that code, this thing could do that as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a case of you just simply ask it to do something. And it it will do it. I mean, there's some concerns over that. People can get it to write dissertations and essays, and mm. they can even get it to cite sources, which it's just absolutely amazing. And being able to say, "Can you write me a, a a script to do you know X, Y, and Z?" and it will just do it. It's the way it understands what you're asking, and what it spits out is absolutely amazing. Okay, hang on, just to say, can you do my show next yes. week?
0: Uh, can it do that? Hang on, just listen. It says no. It says no. It's not computer doing it, it. says no. No, oh, well, really do we, it,
2: so. we tried. <laughs> I thought computers were amazing. Yeah, but this is intelligence. Don't forget that Oh, yeah, that's, that's something that's this a... show is lacking. Yeah, that's. that's well, how do you do that? How do you create a computer to be stupid? Artificial stupidity. We'll work on it.
0: That's. I tell you something, we've got something here. Because you know what? As intelligent, <laughs> these computers are going to get so intelligent, but they can't take over what we've got. No, exactly. They can't take that away from us. <laughs> right, let's get into the voicemails today and your messages before we get to JJ and uh, that topic, which is really interesting. Larry got in touch with us now. Uh, this is uh, a, a voice message that he has recorded and sent in to us. And uh, this is all about home pods. interesting question he wants to ask us.
1: Hello, my name is Larry Birdsong. I live in Nevada City, California. I had something odd happened yesterday that I thought might be worth sharing. I'm not going to bore you with the reasons I did it, but I was going to reset all of my home pods from scratch because of the problem I had. And I have three sets of the large home pods and uh, a set of minis in the kitchen. I love these speakers. I think they're they're really great. I listen to a lot of music. So anyway, I was, I um, unpaired all the pairs of speakers, deleted them from the home map, and started everything out from scratch. When I was working on the first set of speakers, when I got to the screen that I asked, do you want to pair the other speaker in the room, uh, it didn't read anything to me. So I... Um, turned the uh, screen curtain off to, to walk into the other room to have my wife tell me what was on the screen, and I accidentally swiped the screen, and it started reading. So I went to the next screen where you choose left or right, defining whether it's left or right. It wouldn't read again, and I turned the screen curtain back on, and it read it to me. I could scroll through and read it. So then, in the other rooms, I, I tried to, you know, the same thing, and it didn't seem to matter whether I was going from screen, screen curtain on or off. I just had to change it, going between those two screens to have it read to me. I've never run into that before. I may check it out with some other apps. I don't know if it would make any difference. Uh, don't know if this makes any sense, but I thought if somebody else had the same problem, it might help. Uh, I really enjoy. Y'all show, and thanks for all your hard work. Bye. Well, thank you, Larry. appreciate the question. Stop. Um, I Stop. honestly
0: don't know the answer to that because I've not done a setup on my HomePods for quite a while, but I have never had that issue at all of it not reading. Um, I, I have oh. found, though, I don't know if you've found this with iOS 16, Sean, but I have had a few occasions where it just doesn't talk at all. So it could be more an iOS 16 thing. I had it the other day where it just would not talk and I had to turn the phone off and on again and then it, it would come back on. It was talking fine and then the next minute, I mean, I, I have a habit and I, I admit this, I'm terrible for the speech on, speech off thing because you know usually when I'm going into recordings, I, I leave yeah, voiceover on but I just mute the phone and speech off yeah. and then you go back to, oh,
3: this thing's not working.
0: And they, oh, hang on, oh, there we go, speech on. Yes. Um <laughs> you know and it's and it's fine but you know, on that occasion i had checked that it was definitely it was making noise
2: and it was as if it could talk but it just wouldn't and it just so frustrating so maybe it's something there i don't know that's really strange. You know, I've heard other people say that. I haven't experienced that myself. There's a real strange thing that happens depending on which voice you're using as well. And I can't get my head around how that works. But there's some things that seem to affect a specific voice. And maybe it's the same voice, but a premium version has a bug in it and that the, the normal version doesn't. So maybe it's a voice thing. But as for why the screen curtain would affect it, and it, as Larry said there, it wasn't you know, it had to be off or it had to be on. It was just the fact of activating it did something. So I haven't come across that myself. That's really interesting. I'd love to hear from any other listeners who's come across that. Is it to do with the home app itself? I'm assuming that's where you set up the home pods. I don't mm. have any. Um, is it a problem in there? Or, yeah, you know, as Larry said, he's going to check other apps. But, yeah, it's an interesting one that I haven't come across myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely for other people to get involved in. But I, I, I do wonder if it's a a, a... Bigger issue with iOS 16. Um, Although you haven't, you were saying this to me, was it
2: yesterday you said this, the day before? You know, you've not been having a huge amount of problems with it? No, not at all. No, and especially with the speech. I haven't had it not, you know, just suddenly stop talking. Um, No, I haven't really had many issues at all. The one thing that does drive me crazy, if I go into my app switcher, which I tend to do quite a lot, I know they say you don't need to, but I tend to go in and I swipe up with three fingers, swipe, 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 and close everything down. And then it goes back to the home screen and it's still reading, you know, and it it won't do anything until it's finished reading, you know, closing Safari, closing Dice World, closing. Mm. And you need to wait for it to finish. And that can be annoying. And it's the same sometimes with the notifications. But other than that, no, I haven't had any problems such as that. That would really annoy me if the speech stopped uh, talking, obviously. Uh, listen, let's go to,
0: and thank you, Larry. appreciate that message. And, you know, if anybody can help with this, if you've had your own experiences, let us know. You can email feedback at com or call our listener line and leave a message, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. 803 4567 Or as Larry did, he just attached his comments, uh, I, I guess on his phone, he used voice memos or something, and just recorded that.
2: Apple Watch, I think. I heard the uh, sound. I think that was a really good recording, by the way, Larry. sounded fantastic. Well, listen, I've got to say that
0: Apple Watch as a recorder is, it kind of That's blows great. my mind how good that yeah, is. Absolutely. Um, and I agree. I have agree. to tell you, I, I know it's funny because we did, remember we did that test Well, we didn't do a test, we, we promised we were going to do a test and we never did, but we kind of got it because we had people getting in touch using their Apple Watch to record and I was using the Apple Watch Ultra and you either, you either thought you couldn't tell the difference, I think if I remember rightly, or I think in some cases the older ones even sounded better. Yeah.
2: Oh, the microphone's absolutely amazing. Oh, great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get another voicemail, and this is from Felix.
4: Hey, Dave What's happened? This is Felix. Uh, I've got a few things to get in real quick. Um, first and foremost, Sean, your interview regarding Lazarillo yeah. was amazing. Uh, we need more of you. It's oh, first, thank my you. First, my view, first and foremost, and uh, I use Lazarillo, but what we really do need is an app that works maybe on your GPS coordinates rather than or uh, cell signal or wireless or, or Wi-Fi or whatever, because um, you know it, 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 these things are great. But when you go into an area where there is poor coverage uh, for your data or even your your phone signal, then you're then you're basically stuck because you're relying on that. But you know, if you're working on GPS, the phone's always connected to the satellite, so therefore that shouldn't be an issue. One would hope. Um, but you know this is my view anyway, um regarding the pricing thing um that you know that Steven, you know you um bonded to I, I i get it, and I even get why IRA' has done what they've done you know um and more cost stress for for them uh for when you bring them on would be um what's happening about airports in the u k is because I heard that some of the some of the coverage regarding these airports had been pulled out in the u k uh and I'm wondering if it was returned, uh, or if it hadn't, would it be coming because the idea is that when you go to an airport you get free coverage across the whole entire airport. I miss, um so um yeah that's that always my question. But regarding the topic at hand, where we discussed it, I, I do get it because I I'm like you, Stephen. If you can't afford it, don't get it. You know, you're not you're not going to your know, your life is not going to be significantly worse by not buying that thing if you can't afford it. Yeah, so I I, I do get it. My gripe is with the businesses that, um, whilst we're in a, a crisis, and they need to, uh, you know, to get their costs up, to you know, to to plug the black, you know, the holes that they they that they have. I feel like they need to be something something in place that um, helps them, but also doesn't mean that they can uh, increase their prices so much so that it really, it doesn't help nobody, if that makes sense. Um, and maybe I'm missing the whole business idea here, but for example, consider um, the, uh, the phones, for example. You can buy a phone for 1500 if you choose to, right? You can get cheaper ones. And um, I, what, is, what I found very surprising is I have friends, or at least a friend who chooses to buy a phone, um, and she gets the latest phones. She's... She's visually impaired but doesn't use any speech or any enlarging software, but she does have a visual impairment. Um, but she, you know, she, I don't know for what reason, will happily buy a phone outright, uh, sorry, on a contract, and then pay £85 per month, near £95 per month. And I'm thinking, that just isn't right. You shouldn't be paying that much for a phone when all you're going to get is unlimited calls, text and, and whatever else. She's not getting anything extra, like international calls to America or anything like that. She's just getting the basics. So I'm like, this can't be right. Um, so companies need to be, what I'm saying need is, I mean, put in place to protect businesses if they need it, but also um, not to take the mic. basically. That's what I was trying to say. Um, anyway, good show, guys. I'm running out of time.
0: I'll see you guys around. Thank you, Felix. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot in there to unpack. Um, w- where do you want to start?
2: Where do you Well, I want to start with the, you know, paying, um, let's say, 85 a $100, let's say, for a, a monthly contract for the latest smartphone. I actually think, that, you know what? that's an option for some people. I couldn't afford to buy uh, the latest, you know, an iPhone 14 or whatever. I couldn't afford to buy the latest top of the line smartphone outright. I never could uh, justify that outlay. So for me, maybe that would be the only the only way to get it. And I, I know what you're saying about, you know, the actual um, cell phone service and, you know, what are you actually getting for that money? But the, the majority of that, you are just paying for the handset. And basically, you're paying for your handset in installments. And for some people, that's the only way you could ever afford one. So, actually, I think I think that's fine. Mm. And I don't see a problem with that. It's very rare that you see there's, you know, you, you can pay over 12 months, 24 months, so however long you want. And, and the monthly payments get less and less. And you usually find that the actual price of the handset that you're paying for as part of that contract fee is actually reasonable what you would pay anyway it's not usually anything on top so yeah for some people it's the only way to actually own a smartphone i want to pick up on the point about the access with ira and
0: uh, there's a few things about this because you know what i love about ira one thing i love about them i love a lot of things but one thing i love is how simple they've made their website so ira.io forward slash partners and it gives you a full list of all the different partners that they have as of March 22, according to this, right? So there's loads and loads of companies in here, loads and loads of organisations, lots of universities, entertainment places, banks as well. Um, You know, and just to mention a couple. Now, sadly, not so much for you, Felix, because I know you're in the UK. uh, And there's not a huge amount I'm seeing here. Do do you know who I found on this list? Us. Well, not us. but. well, not you, you double and Double tap towers. You, yeah. can, you can use Ira. <laughs> double, double tap. is an Ira access location. Well, in a way, it kind of is because yes, accessible media is one of them. Oh um, right, yeah, we're on there, which is brilliant. So yeah, we're uh, we're one of the Ira access locations, which is fantastic. Um, so also on top of that, and uh, I will also say just for you, Sean, because we did, of course, learn on yesterday's show that you are uh, holding out on us. You in fact are. Of a course. millionaire. Yes. Um, so uh, Secret millionaire. Yes. Exactly. Gucci. Um, <laughs> hang on. Mo- Target, actually. I think that's more your thing, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just wanted to mention, you mentioned airports and stuff. And, and well, I don't know if you mentioned specifically airports, but access locations. They're used, to, I think it used to be the case that Heathrow was one. I don't think it is anymore. Um, I know in yeah, Canada...
2: Well that's because they've withdrawn. Yes, exactly. The funding yeah. for it. This is yeah, company. Nothing to do with that so you you talk to Heathrow and say, excuse me, I want to use this service at your airport or wherever it is. I'm, I'm picking Heathrow. Whatever airport it is, and you complain to them and tell them why have you removed the funding for this? Well, Greater
0: Toronto Airports Authority in Canada, or GTA, which I love the fact that it's called that, because oh, it just makes me think fine. of my favourite game growing up. Um, nice. Also, Vancouver International and Winnipeg Airports Authority in Canada, they are all access locations. That was actually fairly recent, I think, with Winnipeg. So, you know, that, that's great news because it means that they are access locations. But yes, if more companies would, would work with Ira on this, I think it would really help because, you know, that actually is a big deal. If you go to an airport, you could be spending hours in there, and being able to, you know, for example, go through security. Now, obviously, you wouldn't be able to use IRA, I wouldn't imagine, to get through security. But once you're through security, once you're in that place where you've got all the shopping o- opportunities, those places which are often I feel pretty closed off to us. Yes. Um, you know, being able to go in and actually, you know, use IRA and not be worrying about your minutes because it doesn't count. You know, it's like a little bonus. You know, it's like a bonus that you get. Uh, that gives you access to do lots of, you know,
2: well, you're not spending money it's with either, just spending money with other get. people. It's the, the location gets as well. Otherwise, I'm sat there and I'm not. Exactly. You're not I'm spending, not using, you're not I'm not spending any money at your facilities. And, and, you know, you're missing out from that as well. So, never mind the benefits to us, it's the benefits to the location as well. It, it's. But, know, well, yes. yeah, but it's, it's twofold, right? I mean,
0: I don't know about you, but going to an airport, I just feel, if I'm on my own, I, I just, just feel eat. like a piece of
2: luggage. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly right. It's a totally different experience if you've got the confidence and you've got someone to assist you in your ear. It's a totally different experience. And you can eat, which is something that I'm a great fan of. The tater tots I had in that airport. Oh, which one was it? Was it Toronto? Oh, absolutely amazing breakfast, by the way. Tater tots. Who knew? Sorry. What was that exactly? That wasn't No, do we do we call them potato croquettes over here? We do. We do because we're so posh apparently. Those potato croquettes. I mean tater tots <laughs> just sound so much better with a burger for breakfast. It was amazing. I have to tell you, if I if I lived in Canada, I'd be dead within a week. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I developed diabetes. I am pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that's I, that's exactly right. No, I think yes. I think I picked I know, that up
0: no, in no, Canada. You're right. Turkey dinosaurs that you would eat <laughs> Pretty much into extinction, ironically. (laughs) um, Was (laughs) with nothing to do with it whatsoever.
2: No, no, it was that one breakfast I had when I was passing through an airport in Canada. Oh, yeah, that's
0: it. Absolutely. I will say that the food is brilliant. Tim Hortons. Oh, can we go back? Can we come back, Canada? Would you let us back in? Please take us back. Uh, Okay, let's get another voicemail from Peter.
3: Greetings from Robin Hood County. It's Pete hoping you're well. Really enjoyed the interviews this week especially the one about Clue. I used it on a cruise ship a couple of years back before Covid and it really helped me navigate down those little windy corridors and it helped me also navigate to the most important place on the ship where the food is. But it's a good solid app and I'm glad that it's going to continue. It's an app that I would pay for if I had to. As for Soundscape, it does not work in Russia. It didn't work for me anyway. I tried, but uh, it was either them, me, or both. The creepy thing was, though, when we were on a tour through St. Petersburg, we were passing um, the St. Peter and Paul Fort, and just as we were going past it... The tour guide told us to turn off our mobile phones because we were about to pass the building that houses their security services. Uf. As for Ira, I can understand the need to make changes to your price policy. The mistake you made was offering a free service. What you should do is have pay as you go or any other premiums that you already have. But over here in merry old England, we like pay-as-you-go. It's simple. You pay for what you use, and that's the end of the matter. But I'm sure people who actually use it will have a probably more informed opinion. If I was on my own, I'd download it without hesitation. But as I have help, at the moment I don't need it. Anyway, thank you for all the shows. And God bless you, Mr. S, Mr. S, and... Mr. F, take care from Robin Hood County.
0: Bye bye. Ah, uh, thank you, Peter. Good to hear you, uh, as always. Uh, you know, I've got to agree with that. I've got to agree with that whole thing about you know they should never have brought in the free plan. That's kind of my feeling as well. They should have yeah. brought it in at the beginning as a pay-as-you-go, as a starter package, whatever you want to call it. But you know, and it's not their fault. They were trying to do the best thing. You know, they were really trying to to get the the name out there, and you have to do that. All companies do it. You know, they, it's it's not unique to the blindness no, world. No. I mean, look but at the- look at the state Amazon's in. You know, because they pretty much gave away all of their Amazon Echoes, mostly <sighs> yeah. to people like me.
2: Um, <laughs> th- thanks, Amazon. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. It, it does seem like it's gone on too long as an introduction to the service. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we offer. Give it a try. No, you know, no, no, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? uh whatever no investment that's not the right word uh, you can try it out and see see if you like it but it just it's dragged on and on and as you said during the the interview i think it's kind of death of by a thousand cuts is it come to a point now where it's actually more trouble you know basically just just end it <laughs> if you can end it yeah. don't make it sort of arduous to use i guess but uh, i don't know kayaker um who uh, i don't know if people remember i, I we got a, an email saying that oh it was a tweet i believe mm. kayaker tweeted saying that he he wanted the pay as you go model and he you know he disagreed and he won't support that service until they offer it and i uh i made the point that he was totally wrong and he did get in contact with me he wasn't happy at all so i've said we'll get kayaker on at some point so he can he can make his point live on air so uh yeah this this ira debate is going to come back Yeah, well, I'd like to know his take on that. I mean, I I think it's the whole thing. And Mr.
0: F told me something ages ago, which I totally... God bless you, Mr. F. God bless you, Mr. F. Any any words that fall out of this man's mouth, obviously, are gold, until he fires us, and then we'll call him for what he is. But, Mm. you know, I I think... Wow, (laughs) can I distance myself from that?
2: God bless you, Mr. F, again.
0: But, you know, he said once, perfection is the enemy of the good. And I am... And, you know, I think he was talking about our show at the time. Definitely. Um, but, you know, he, <laughs> honestly, it's so true. It really is. And, you know, it's this idea of, well, it has to be perfect or I'm not interested. I don't buy into that. I think, you know, everything's got flaws. Everything's not perfect. But, you know, we've got to support this thing, I think, anyway. And, you know, if you want to support it, and I do, then, like I said, you know, if I could find a way of paying it forward a little bit, you know, so they could essentially build up those minutes or whatever, or the page you go option, which I still think is the best way to do it, Um Look, I know that Ira I listen to this show. They take a lot of interest in what is said here. So if you have a view on this, they will hear you. So, you know, get in touch with your, your comments. Um, we'd, we'd appreciate that. Look, uh, we're going to move on because JJ is waiting in the wings. We're going to get JJ Medu on next to talk all about open chat, uh, open AI or whatever the hell this thing's called. It sounds incredible. <laughs> but I have no idea what it's called or what it even means. So we're going to go and find out what that is. Um, next, I tell you, what a cliffhanger. If you ever have, if that's not a cliffhanger, I don't know what it is. What Something's is coming, thing? and it's terrifying. Stay tuned. Can't
1: get enough Double Tap? Subscribe to the podcast and get your fill of Double Tap every day. Visit DoubleTapOnAir.com and follow us now. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome back to Double Tap. And Sean, today uh, we're going to talk about something which I know nothing about. But I have to say, I know that again. You know, like I said yesterday about standard. And, you know, my knowledge is a very low bar when it comes to knowledge. Uh, I know that. But uh, I am a little bit intrigued by this. This is uh, some new AI technology that everyone's talking about. I see loads of blind people talking about it. So that immediately makes me think I'm interested because you know, it sounds like it's accessible. You know, when it's usually the case when when you see in a mainstream news article or something, this is a great thing, and you see all these tech journalists getting all excited about it. You think, oh great, okay, is it going yeah. to be accessible? And then some blind guy comes on and says, no, it's not. Oh god, yeah. yeah, we knew that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's not the case with this. So you know, maybe you can maybe you can explain this for me. So this is a new chat AI or something, is that right?
2: Well, I'm with you, Stephen, because I don't know a lot about this. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. But I've read so much about it, and it is exciting. And this isn't the first of its kind, because we've seen other artificial intelligence before, right? Mm. And and, and artificial intelligence is thrown around so much as a term. Um, But there's some really interesting work going on in programming, in coding, making apps and things. There's there's, um, things like Copilot and Ghostwriter, where basically you say, I want an app to do this. And it will do it for you. And that's the thing I'm really interested in, because everyone's got a great app in them, right? But having the talent to actually write that, write that out and code it is completely different. So I don't, R2... I don't
0: have a good app in me, and I of don't have a do. book in me either.
2: Well, that can be changed. Um,
0: but these, I've <laughs> these been hit by a book. I was once, <laughs> do you know I was once hit by the Bible? Oh, here we go. Off on do a tangent. That? Everyone sit back. It's true. I was actually once thumped over the head with a Bible oh
2: did it make, did it make? knock the blindness
0: devil out of you did that work <laughs> no just made it worse i think um which i don't think was the intention anyway let's not get into that uh, but look you're right look this all sounds very interesting but i think maybe we need to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about yes i know it's an unusual concept on this show but we thought we'd try it uh so jj you are our guinea pig jj meadow from at guys is here with us hello hey, hey. good morning Good morning, good afternoon, is, good evening, yeah, who knows. Uh, but listen, great to have you here. Uh, how are you?
5: I'm doing all right. I've been uh, spending way too much time playing with this chat bot, <laughs> But other than that, <laughs> uh, we've been having a lot of fun with the holidays as well, and it's been all over the place. Well, it's so funny because uh, you're here
0: twice this week on our show. Now, you might think, hang on, I wasn't here this week. But uh, on Monday I was off, unwell, so we did a rerun, and it was the episode featuring you talking about sea this year. So you you've, oh you've been on twice this week. So I that hope was you so feel honoured. <laughs> no, you mean you mean it was so, only last week we recorded yeah, that, right? It was only yeah, a couple of yeah. days ago. Yeah, exactly. Come on, I know, don't wow, don't break the illusion. <laughs> um, okay but look um you are here to talk about this this chat ai D- explain this to me because i'm I'm seeing the name is open chat or whatever it's what is it what is this thing what what is what is it and why are we all so excited about it why should we be
5: right so it's called chat gpt don't even worry about generative pre-trained transformers whatever it's so, okay that's what gpt is but in, in, in essence it's a chat bot, but it's much, much more advanced than any chat bot that has been out there before. That's what everyone's talking about. The answers that it comes up with are sometimes just baffling. It's really creative. It'll come up with stories. As you mentioned, it will come up with code. Now, as we'll talk about, it's not necessarily always correct, but just given a one-sentence prompt. So while you were talking, I said, tell a story about Steve and Sean who host a podcast – And it says, Steve and Sean were best friends who shared, or let's see here. Steve and Sean were best friends who shared a lot about technology. They've been talking about starting a technology podcast for months. They finally decided to to start to take the plunge. They started researching podcast equipment, blah, blah. And it goes on for like a whole paragraph. I just told (laughs) it that little tiny bit of information. Wow. And that's, hard and work and dedication paid off <laughs> well
0: no no so, see uh, i knew it fiction. would go wrong somewhere i knew <laughs> well, it was going to go wrong somewhere Well, then
5: i could tell it hey rewrite the story and and assume that their hard work and dedication did not pay off and it will actually <laughs> update the story
0: wow that's that's incredible so is this is this a website or something is this just a, an
5: application what is it yeah it's on the web it is in a free beta so it's uh chat.openai.com. We'll send it over to you for the, the okay. notes and such. By the way, I could have it write your show notes if you wanted to Oh, no, that. that sounds brilliant. You get I it. hate writing
2: show notes. <laughs> You're funny. That's well, the first thing I thought of when I heard some of the st- well, things it was writing. These
5: inputs, right? So if I couldn't just say, write a show note about JJ, who was on the show to talk about OpenAI, because it doesn't really know what we just talked about it. But I actually took one of our podcasts when we were doing CSUN podcasts for Blind Bargains, and I said... Hey, uh, given this transcript, write a show summary in it you know in the style of a blog post, and it actually did a pretty good job of pulling out the important pieces of the transcript and wrote me a pretty coherent. You know, mind you, it was pretty vanilla compared to what Joe might write, which is a little, you know, snarkier, and more interesting. But uh <laughs> but you can also tell it, hey, no, write this in a different tone, write this in a more sarcastic tone. Write this uh in the style of a pirate.
0: So, and that's it, so cool. but, but, okay, but hang on, right. So this is the interesting yeah. bit for me. Is that mm-hmm. obviously, you know, like you've just said, it has to have some kind of information to go off. So there's some learning going on here. So how do you feed it that information? Are you just uploading a transcript to it and it's taking that information? Or can you can you teach this thing independently? How does it work?
5: Yeah, so first of all, it has tons of data already. So they say that it cuts off around 2021. But it has a wide swath of the internet as far as you know information they have scraped. So it knows about famous people, you right. know, and knows about uh, people in history, presidents, even much more minor stuff. You know, if I were to ask it uh, questions, not just you know about say even Jaws or NVDA, if it has some of that information, it can spit out information. It's not always correct, but it does a pretty good job of understanding that jaws is a product for blind people for instance and it knows things like that but you can also say hey uh, write me a show summary given the transcript i have included below and paste the entire transcript in and then send it in within a few seconds it will look at it and it will uh, update and give you the
2: notes amazing absolutely amazing now you mentioned earlier and i mentioned the the coding aspect and being able to say hey Write me a Python script to, you know, compare folders or whatever it may be. Have you tried out that at all? That, to me, seems absolutely amazing. I have. And, and
5: actually, for really basic stuff, it does a really good job. So I had it uh, create a Python script. What I first did is I said, hey, uh, give me a list of all of the European capitals. And it did that. And that was pretty simple. And then I said, write me a little Python game that will quiz me on the European capitals. I didn't really give it any parameters, so it actually spit out some code that I ran, and it it did run successfully. Now there were some problems. So, for instance, the first version would just give me the prompt, "What is the capital of European country?" So it didn't actually, you know. So I had to guide it and say, "Um, "Can you please update the code and also, you know, be sure to link the company, the country to the capital?" And then it go went back and did that. So it will do coding. You're going to have to. Guide it and handhold it. And the more information you give it, the better it will do. And sometimes the code it generates will generate errors, but you can actually feed it. You can say, hey, uh, this code just gave me an error uh, and paste in the error and it will try to troubleshoot it. And actually, it gives really good explanations for errors. You know, this might happen because of this and explain things. You know, it's not always perfect. But it does a lot with a lot of different programming languages. I actually had it write a really simple NVDA add-on. Like, wow, that's very niche. And it knew about that in the format. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but it certainly is is really good for, I think, generating ideas and maybe like a where to start as far as I'm I'm trying to figure out this problem. How might I think about coding it or feeding it error messages and asking it what to do with it? It's really smart in that regard.
1: Yeah,
2: that is so cool. And something that keeps coming up in all the articles I've read is that, I've spent hours on this thing. It just it drags you in. It, you know, once you you have a taste of what the power behind it is, you're you're just trying every single thing. And as you said, you've spent hours on it as well. Oh yeah.
5: I have spent quite a bit of time. The the story modes can be really fun because you can have it give you a story and then you can say, "Hey, all right, now let's do this to the story." You know, or you, know, you turn it into a TV script or you know, bring this certain character into it and it's really Imaginative and fun to play with things like that. Maybe not the most useful. That's definitely the more the just the imaginative side of things. But you know, you can have it do marketing text and, and you can have it create newsletter copy and press releases and things like that. And if nothing else, they give you really good starting points. I actually wrote a couple of tweets for AT guys, pretty much based on information that I fed it. So journalism is dead. Yeah. I don't hey, know about
0: that yet. We've killed journalism. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Though, but what I'm interested in is where this all came from. What is this project? Is it is it open or is this backed by a major tech company?
5: Yeah, the company's called OpenAI. They do have a lot of uh, venture capital and funding. And I'm sure it's not going to be free forever. This is a free preview that's up right now. By the way, right. this is called uh, using GPT 3.5. And there's a version four that's being promised in the next couple of years that's supposed to be many times better than this. But when you feed it, say, information, um, you know, you ask it to solve customer service type questions, and especially if it has some knowledge of your company and the things that you do, if you have it has all the manuals for things that you sell. It could do a pretty dang good job of, you know, at least being a first level tech support, much better than those AI chatbots that we talk to now that generally don't really do much of anything and you end up talking to a human in the, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah. This, I think, has a lot more potential in actually, you know, helping do those kind of automated tasks, you know, first level customer service, a lot of research type jobs, you know, basic uh, troubleshooting. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of possibilities and I think that's what they're going to end up doing is selling it where you would pay for tokens to use this. So you, know, you would pay like, for instance, two cents for every thousand words or something to that effect. I
2: mean, yeah. just imagine this, this sort of technology behind a smart speaker or I've heard people say, you know, this is the death of the search engine. Basically, this is the next step. This is the, it's not just an evolution of search, this is a revolution of search because the, the, just the brains behind it. And also, this doesn't just go off and search the web. This is self contained. This doesn't crawl the web for answers or anything. All this info, as you sort of inferred before there, JJ, this, this is self contained in the AI itself.
5: Yep. Well, and that's good and bad at the moment, right? Because, because it's self-contained, it doesn't learn new stuff. So it will remember your responses and you can have a whole conversation. But at the end of your conversation or when you hit reset, it forgot everything that you told it. So you kind of have to wrap it back up. So I would assume the final version would have some sort of way to iterate and learn more modern information. Right now it cuts off somewhere in 2021. And this also presents pretty much anything as a fact, even things that aren't facts. So where Google will actually try to do a little better job at the moment of telling you that this might not be correct or just not spinning back an answer, this will give you an answer for just about anything. So, I mean, it certainly definitely has potential to replace a lot of search engine responses at some point.
0: It seems like a really interesting way to think about what AI could be and how it could be used. I mean, it, it feels almost like, like you were saying, Sean, it's the death of search, but it's also the beginnings of... Interaction in a, a real, a, well, a real way, you know. When, and you imagine the chat bot becomes a robot, and then the robot becomes, you know, some kind of human equivalent. You Our know. masters and overlords, uh, yes. exactly. And then suddenly, yeah. we're having actual <laughs> conversations with these things, and they're able to respond in a really, you know, meaningful way. But you know, I, I think about the the technology behind all this and how it's working, and it, it is absolutely incredible how this goes. I mean, I was looking at one recently. Uh, called Descript. It's a platform, not the most accessible platform, sadly. I really wish it was. But it's a platform where you can essentially record into it, like a podcast or whatever you want, really. You can record video or audio and then edit it just by selecting the text and, you know, deleting it. And then it will, you know, adjust. But it goes further than that, because it is even, you can feed it your voice. You can sort of record lots and lots of audio, and you can even write sentences that you never said, and it will speak them back in your voice. And we're really starting to see how this technology is, is beginning to be, well, this is going to take us all over. No one's going to need me anymore. And I'm useless at everything. So, you know, I, a robot could easily take my job if it really wanted to. Um, but I feel, I, I feel it's kind of, I'm getting a bit embarrassed now because it feels like it really, it could do it today.
5: You know, yeah, the technology one's has come G-G. a long way. Yeah, the uh, – the, <laughs> one of the immediate concerns that's coming up is uh, as far as academics and, and papers because, man, it can spit out some pretty decent research papers with, you know, prompts and just like, giving a little bit of information. Now, there's a bit of a formula to them, the way it, it writes them. Mm. And, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes that, yeah, this was written by this particular AI. but Because man, it's not
0: its own mind. This is what we need to remember, right? It, this has been written. So
5: it's not like this is it. so it's not able
0: to do this off its own back it has to it has to have human input in order to and you yeah. know and, and and this has been an ongoing argument for years you know how these things will evolve is essentially how humans behave so remember these stories we used to see about is AI sexist you know because it's a lot of the code was written by men so you know does that make it sexist and you know it's that kind of thing that ultimately because it can't think for itself it has to it evolves based on what we've told it to evolve to.
5: Well, and they've provided human intervention. So, it's machine learning. So, it has all the data. And then they've also provided some human intervention. So, if you try to ask it certain things, it will call you out for, no, I'm not going to do that because that's racist or that that's not appropriate. Mm. And it does a pretty good job. There sometimes are ways, um, you know, that people have averted that. But, you know, it's, it's trying to learn to have a moral compass. It becomes really interesting, too. You met talk kind of talk about AI bias, right? I asked it. How might a blind person use a chainsaw, which is something that a blind person could do if they, you know, were practicing the correct safety precautions, but it comes back right away. Um, you might want to get a sighted person for that because ah, hate you know, crime. it might not be ableist. Right? ableist AI. Yeah. Now there were many other now it, it says that, but then goes on to give some hints. So it actually it gives that little bit of a, a caveat, but then does actually give kind of pretty decent instructions. Um, on for, you know that are more tactile in nature, so it actually will for a lot of things get pretty good instructions. But it's even interesting to see the the very medical centered approach for the way it's a lot of blindness type questions. Yeah, and that's Although, an
2: interesting point there, Stephen, because the <laughs> OpenAI have come out and said, you know what, we've we've actually made a, a, an effort here, so it's not you know racist or homophobic or whatever mm. because of the other AI bots in the past have had real problems with that. So there is an effort for...
0: But, that, but there, is, there is a big ethical question there about, well, who's deciding what, y- y- what, what is, that is? Yes. You know, because for example, let, let's take disability as an example. How many disabled people are involved in the creation of the code to write these programs that create this AI? Do you yeah. know what I mean? So if you have that situation, then you actually do end up back to old attitudes coming through new, new tech. That's
5: that's yeah. a problem, you know. That's a real and problem. And sometimes you have to give it. You can do this. You can say, "Assume I am a blind person that is capable of using heavy machinery." You, you know, provide you can. You can kind of. Yeah. You can tell it to have a specific uh, attitude or bias, but you know, you're right. Yeah, sometimes this is going to come back and make assumptions that maybe it shouldn't make. And there are, you know, that's a pretty minor one in the grand scheme of things, because at least it will still give you the instructions. I mean, there are certainly are that are that are, could be worse than that. So, yeah, it's learning. I think the final version of this kind of learns over time, as opposed to, you know, being a one-time model that is stuck mm. in 2021 and um, resets every day. You know, I, I
0: could hear you listening to, to JAWS, I guess, or NVDA, or whatever it was you were listening to in the background, while you were reading out what it was saying about us. Um, because of course, you know JJ, I have got super hearing because I'm blind. Um, of course. And Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, it totally makes sense. But um, it was interesting because obviously it's, it's accessible, right? So you're able to get through this and use it. So I mean, the app or the website is accessible. You can get the information you're getting back is accessible, you know, feeding it information, all that. Is that all easy yep. for you to so use and navigate?
5: Essentially, it's it's just an edit box that you type into and you can press enter. If you want to do more than one line or a whole bunch of lines, I find it best to create your entire prompt in Notepad and then paste it in. That that, that way you can do new lines and things like that a lot easier. Um, The first time you sign up, um, it will kind of send you to this tutorial mode playground. I would recommend people just skip that and go straight back to the homepage. And then you can have the edit box. And the conversation will continue to happen um, up to about an hour or two. Sometimes, especially lately, it might lock up or say there was an error because there's lots of people using this right now. So there has been sometimes where it just freezes up and it gives up. Um, But it definitely, essentially the button after the edit box is not labeled, but that's just the one you want to press in, or you just press enter and you'll be just fine.
0: I want to, let me just think that. I think what excites me about this is the application, you know, and where this could end up. And I think about, for example, the time when my wife and I were getting a mortgage for our house and we, we couldn't, get the mortgage we were looking for for various reasons there was various things and we just we couldn't get it to work and i was convinced i was you know i'm a bit of a dog with a bone when it comes to these things i'm like no this this must be possible this must be uh, you know achievable and i spent the whole night googling around trying to find an answer and i did and i found that the bank could offer me what i wanted but i had to really go and find it for them. And then they had to get, you know, some dusty old book out from the back room that, you know, page 804, you know, bottom right corner, it said, yes, this <laughs> would, could be done. And they were amazed that I found this. And and the thing about this AI is that it kind of, if it's able to consume that whole book, you know, a la short circuit, um, you know, consume all these books and all this knowledge. That's a dated film reference for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people would be like, What is that? Honestly, best film ever made. Johnny Five Alive. Yes. Yes. Oh, I loved all that. But um you know, if it can consume all that information, then, you know, when you ask a chatbot a question, it's now no longer going to be, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Or, you know, have I, ha- have I helped you answer this question? No. Um, put me onto an advisor. Actually, now it will have that knowledge. It sounds like this could be brilliant for business and actually in turn, great for us, great for us as consumers, because it will have access to all the company information, which frankly, one human just cannot have.
5: Yeah, it's really good at digesting new information. I did an experiment where I took the entire NVDA manual, pasted it in there, and asked it to generate some potential quiz questions for an exam about the manual. Oh, wow. And at least, I mean, now, not all of them. A couple of them were very kind of generic and not very, but it, but there was a couple that were very specific and actually <laughs> were legitimate. So, as far as just giving it, you know, information and having it pull out facts or, or you know parts of information it's really good at something like that that's amazing it is i love Isn't that it?
0: i think we've just found our new way to uh, create a quiz for the show i've just had <laughs> have th- just a brilliant idea i've always wanted to do a quiz but you know i was like i can't be bothered writing the questions get the ai to do it it's a tech Perfect. show right
5: <laughs> yeah, absolutely so the it's really involved. interesting to, to try it and definitely try it now while it's free it's just there's so much there's random stuff that it you will keep come saying up that with. that
0: it's free so you, th- you think this is going to go behind a paywall at some
5: point i'm pretty sure it's going to be, be a service model where you're going to end up paying per use just like if you were to store files with amazon or or use other various cloud computing services you generally pay you know per use so it I don't I hope it ain't too expensive. I hope you're looking in the couple cents per thousand words, which would you know, ultimately not be terrible, although it could add up pretty fast if you use it like I've been using it lately.
2: Yeah. <laughs> throwing in manuals. Yes, you could.
5: <laughs> right, exactly. No, you'd be a little more uh, cautious about what you're throwing at it because yes, a hundred thousand words really quickly you just throw it or you know, whatever.
2: But yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's, yeah. That fast. Have you got any worries about this, JJ? I mean I have seen, you know, a lot of people and, and we joked about it earlier, you know, that this is the death of journalism basically but have you got any concerns when it comes to this replacing people in jobs and things like that
5: i i think it might replace some jobs but also create new ones as far as there's going to be people that are going to need to understand how to work with these And so instead of maybe um, just you know creating things on the fly you might just use this as another tool you know when it comes to coding it's not going to replace a programmer right now but it can certainly help a coder ramp up and do things faster and, you know, create ideas. Same thing with marketing. It's not going to create the perfect press release, but it might give you a really good start. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to kind of use this as a virtual assistant. So if anyone, it might replace the hiring of a virtual assistant or somebody like that.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's amazing. And, you know, when you see where we've come from, I mean, you've been using it a a good bit. So have you noticed any... All the ones I've tried previously, there's always that point where you think, ah, okay, so it's reusing this phrase or that you can see a pattern in it. Have you hit that point with this one yet? It happens sometimes. I wouldn't necessarily
5: say patterns, but there are certain things. So say I've, you know, told it to do... a marketing about a specific product, or just just for funsies, you know, in the uh, in the style of a TV infomercial, and like so, if you do something like that, it'll there's certain catchphrases that it will kind of pretty often pull in. And yeah. it will. It's almost like Mad Libs if you're familiar with those. You know, it'll fill in the kind of fill in the blanks. It's not necessarily a formula; like it will be a little bit different every time. But a lot of times, yes, the starting text, I think, for some of these things ends up being very similar. That being said, the more information you feed it or the more complex prompt you give it. Uh, someone asked for, for instance, just to show how elaborate you can be. Someone on Reddit um, asked it to create a rap battle between Peter and Judas from the Bible. Uh, write it in the style <laughs> of a King James Bible verse. Include the rap battle in the Bible verse and have Jesus judge the battle. And like it took all of that and spit out rhyming verses that were very accurate. Like it will take this an advanced, so it's it's a much more elaborate system as far as understanding the totality of what you're asking to do. And usually does a pretty good job of coming back with something. And then you can, if it doesn't, if you don't like what it's doing, you can say no, fix this part or add this, and it will modify it.
0: Amazing. Guys, um, it's been really interesting talking to you about this today because I'm fascinated by all this, but you know, we're out of time. JJ, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Come back soon if you if you can tear yourself away from that chatbot.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in a couple of years. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take care, JJ. Thank you. And listen, thank you guys for listening. Keep your feedback coming. I'd be really interested to hear what you've got to say about all this. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Or call 1-877-803-4567. And we'll catch you again tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.